Why don't you explain this to me like I am an eight-year-old? All right, well, this is the overall budget for this fiscal year along the x-axis. Yes. Right there. There's the x-axis. You can see clearly on this page that we have a surplus of $4,300. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we have to spend that by the end of the day or it will be deducted from next year's budget. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Why not? We were funny today. And more laughs still ahead. 810 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Greg Pancake Hill is producing the program. Eric Bilstead and Vince Petrano here with you until 9 o'clock. There is a disconnect right now between the cry, and we talked about it yesterday with the 14-year-olds being able to, under a proposal in the state legislature, serve alcohol because small businesses are saying, I can't hire people, we can't get enough people, we need to expand the duties of our young workforce. Mix the martinis and <laughs> throw the bottles around the bar. <laughs> no. Suggest the cabs. The whole thing was, you know, folks in the entertainment industry, in the hospitality industry, in the restaurant industry having trouble hiring people. And you keep hearing that, even though the economy is definitely starting to slow down. So in big corporate America, we have some pretty large-scale layoffs that yeah. we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about at the street level, small businesses wanting to hire people and saying, we need people, we need people, we need people, we need people. Right? I've got people. And it's not just my family. I'm going through this again with my, with my kids who are trying to enter the workforce as teenagers and I've heard this from other families as well. They're saying, we'll work, we'll work, we'll work, we're here. And somewhere there's no connective fiber there that's getting the kids ready to who want to work actually getting a job somewhere. And I wonder if other people are experiencing this and what that reason is, other than a common theme, which is everything's broken since COVID. We broke everything. Like nothing works anymore. And maybe it was just we shut everything down and we tried to turn that light switch back on and then the light bulb was burned out. It's not coming back. So you, when you say fiber connectivity, you're talking about the idea of someone applying for a job and either not getting it or never even hearing back. Yes. At places where they say we're looking for people. So it's not a matter of, and I understand if you're, you know, if your teenager is applying for a highly coveted internship <laughs> somewhere, right? They're one of <laughs> 50 they kids. qualified, perhaps. Right. And, and they don't get it. That no sense for outrage there. Right. right. I'm talking about my kids applying at places where they are saying, yes, please, we need people. Making that application, making that initial outreach, in some situations, following up multiple times and, like, just never hearing back. And in one case, my older daughter, we went through this a few years ago. She wanted to work at a, a major coffee chain mm. and would go into a location, sign on the door, we're hiring, talk to somebody there, and... The person behind the counter is like, yes, oh, my God, you know, thinking, wow, I wouldn't have to work every Saturday and Sunday now if we could get some more people in the door, right? So they definitely needed people, would fill out the application or talk to someone, and then never hear back. And I know it wasn't a workplace competency thing because she ultimately did get hired at one of these places after multiple tries and multiple locations. And it took her like face to face finally with like a store manager saying, what else do I have to do? You say you want me to work here and I'm ready to work here. Like, and so it was just some machinations that they had to go through. And eventually she got hired. Now I've got my two youngers. They're not quite 16. So they're on the younger end of the spectrum. If they walked into a place and they said, no, we won't take you till you're 16. Fine. Thank you. Nice to see you. 
But I had a, a proud dad moment, or I was trying to have a proud dad moment. Not proud is the moment. Te- dad teacher moment, uh, right? Yes, one of those opportunities. Want your kids to see this. Life lesson. Yes. I take both of my the twins, Max and Liv, to, they both wanted to work at the same place. Liv wants to be a lifeguard, and she's going to pass her, provided she passes her certification, uh, coming up right before cool. summer. And she's old enough now to lifeguard, so she's, you know, and we keep hearing, we need lifeguards, we need lifeguards, we need lifeguards. Okay, so she wants to do that, and then Max will do whatever at this particular place. And I'm not trying to rip on any place, so I'm not going to name it. But I took them, you know, they could have mailed in their applications, like, let's go over there. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can meet some people. Yep. And they can see, I mean, my son combed his hair. <laughs> it's a good day for Max. <laughs> Without using a brick. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. What the hell is it with them? Your kid doesn't comb his hair either, right? <laughs> oh, no, he, Barely. He, he pushes it to the side Far a little as you bit. can tell, right? <laughs> so anyway, right. They Shirts tucked in, all set to go, hair combed, and we walked in, and we actually met a couple people. Okay. Yep, we're looking for people. Great. The guy looks at the application. Good. This is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we hired these already, but we're still looking for people here or there. So met that guy, went upstairs, met another person. Yep, we're still hiring, right? Uh, great. This is great. They said hello. So... These folks could see that these kids have a pulse. Sure. They yeah, plan yeah. to show up. Mm-hmm. There's a parent involved in life. I'll make sure they show up. All good. They don't hear anything. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I'm like, all right, well, I guess reach back out to them. Well, who do I call? The kids are afraid to call somebody, right? So I walk them through. Well, let's call this person or whatever. One of my kids made contact with another person there. It's like, yep, yep, I got, you know, got backed up. After a week, got backed up. We're, we're going to be looking at stuff this week. Another week goes by. Nothing. Is it a little too early yet for like the, the, the summer hiring? They've already hired people. They're okay, like in the right. process somewhere along there. There's something that's breaking down. And again, if it's a no to my kid, that's one thing. Like, nope, we're not taking you. But they've expressed interest. And then there's, there's just no follow-up. Hmm. And then there have been emails that aren't returned. It sounds so like process to I'm me. I'm curious. It sounds like just incompetency more than anything else. But at what level, right? Because you have businesses saying we need people and, and and not not just my family. I've heard this from other families who said, yeah, my kid went, knocked on this door and then we never heard back or didn't your son apply somewhere last summer? And like, Uh, and he called it in later. He called and said, Hey, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they're like, yeah, we'll put your resume to the top of the list, the top of the pile. Okay. After making the call. So I was very proud of him for making the phone call. It's hard for a kid. Yeah. And uh, nothing, never heard back from that place. Um, But then he, he learned from it this year. He went even earlier and and went after a different place and, and made the right moves. And now he's working. Uh, just getting this on the old National Bank talk and text line. My sons are totally dealing with the same thing. I don't get it. It sounds like it'd be like where the people who make the decisions or pull the trigger on that. You know, when you're talking about the coffee place, right? Like only so yeah. many people can make that decision, right? Another text. This is happening to my daughter who goes to college in Chicago right now. I thought it was just a Chicago thing. There's, some, there's something happening here where the... Hmm. The available workforce is saying, and we talk all the time about, like, kids don't want to work anymore. Kids, I got kids. I got three who want to work. Yeah. Right? And they've come in. And actually, right, should you have to be, especially if you're desperate to hire people, is the kid the one who's supposed to be chasing that down? They're happy to do it. I think that's an important life lesson, but they made a fool of dad who walked him out of that place and said, see, you made a very good impression there. This is how you get well hired. Done. Yeah. yeah, see. They'll call you tomorrow, I bet. See, right? You're, you're at the top of the pile. They've seen that you're responsible. 
what a knob I was. <laughs> and they're like, Dad, I don't know. They never called me back. <laughs> Thanks for nothing, right? Bob. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> Curious if other folks are having this same problem and if you have a, an explanation. The point I make is, I guess, everything's broken post-COVID. Like, it just seems like this is a post-COVID thing, whatever. We shut down the whole world. We tried to start it up again. And these fits and starts of that restart process continue. But beyond that, I'm just curious if folks are seeing the same thing and what that explanation might be. The old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. You know we haven't done in a while? Haven't opened it up. That's the primary ignition. Give us a call. Give us a text. 855-616-1620. Back with more right after this. Eight twenty one on Wisconsin's morning news. Old National Bank talk and text line is 855-616-1620. Really interesting conversation going here on this. A lot of input from so many of you asking the question why if there are young people out there who are saying they want to work, they're applying for jobs, and a lot of businesses saying we need workers, we need workers, we need workers, where's the disconnect? Because not just in my family, I'm hearing from other families with young workers that like somewhere along the line there's a breakdown because they're not actually getting hired. From the 920, my son applied at a fitness club who continually advertises that they're hiring, and then hears nothing back. He actually applied multiple times. It's fine if they don't want you, but somebody needs to communicate that. Here's one. My daughter, too, local fast food place. We're hiring on the door. Filled out an application. Nothing. A no would be fine, but she heard nothing. Yeah, that's odd. And again, I'm not talking about people who aren't qualified to work. Right, right. Right? Obviously, sometimes you might get turned down or this isn't the type of candidate we're looking at. But <laughs> right now, it's it's a beggars can't be choosers type of environment out there if you hear what the business owners are saying. We can't hire anybody. From the 414, my son is running into the same issue with trying to get a job. No response. Same with last summer. I think it's hilarious that so many people are whining about needing employees. LOL. 822 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Let's get a couple of calls in here. Mary is on the line with us from Sheboygan. Morning, Mary. Good morning. Um, yes, I'm just uh, referring to your call. First of all, I am, uh, you know, the fact that you are doing this with your family and with your kids, I think is wonderful because I believe that kids who do try for jobs and take jobs as they're younger and in high school and college is really important for them. Yeah, but so much to learn, what right? What I found out is... They do, yes. What I found out, I work independently as a bookkeeper with a lot of different companies in payroll and so forth. And since COVID, sometimes before COVID, but since COVID, you know, a lot of people were looking for, you know, help and so forth and couldn't find it afterwards. What they found out is a lot of them that they can get by without that extra cost, but they leave it out there because then they have an excuse for why maybe, you know, I'm sorry, we don't have enough employees, so we're uh-huh. slower today, or we only have to have as many hours as we used to have. So, you know, they can cut down, they can only be open Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, instead of, you know, like used to be open all the time. So I found that that is something that people in that industry, certain industries, not all of them, yeah. are utilizing in order to, you know, they keep it out there. So that way they sort of have an excuse but they're just not hiring people because for them, it actually is saving them money and it's saving them having to be open all the time. And it's a good excuse. Wow. Really appreciate the call, Mary. Thanks so much. Uh, that's an interesting insight there. So, right. You're saying Eric and I put the help wanted sign out here 
and then we can be a little bit crummier than we usually are on the show. And you'll say, like, well, they're having a tough time finding people. Here's one from the 414. Are the kids involved in activities? Are kids dictating the hours they can work? Uh, that's interesting. Making it more difficult for sure. the employer. And, they, you know, personally with my kids, they've made themselves, because they'll ask in there, what are your conflicts and things like yeah, that? And yeah. I've said, you you can't put you can work two days a week from noon to three. Like, you're not going to yeah. get hired that way. And I wouldn't expect a business to work around that. In their case, you know, they're pretty wide open. This is an interesting text from the 262. I'm curious what how you'll react to this. From the 262, I would not hire someone that came in with a parent. Oh, responding to the fact that I said I drove them over to this place yeah. and had them introduce themselves. And then you answered for them when they asked them questions? No, I didn't. Right. I didn't. I was there. I took them. But that's interesting. Because I helped I, them navigate through. I could see both sides of yeah, that. Yeah, okay. So it could send the message that these kids aren't independent. you got a helicopter parent who's directing everything, and I don't want to deal with that. But at the same time, you'd have to think that the kids are learning responsibility knowing that parent is showing up there saying, like, hey, I'm walking them through the process. I'm trying to teach them. They're learning as young adults. That was the message I, I thought it might send to this business is – here are a couple of kids who are supported at home. I'm here with them. You know, I'll I'll help make sure that they get here to to report to work and do the things that you're expecting them to do. They'll be guided, and I'm involved in that. So. <laughs> you're the dad who ends up lifeguarding yourself because you, <laughs> your daughter's can't make it. You're there. Right. Hey, no, I'll just do it, Mr. Hey, Johnson. I'll just no do running. It. <laughs> hey. You kids. No, I'm filling in for my kids. She, she's not feeling good today, so I thought I'd come in and fill in. 855-616-1620. Let me get another call in here. On the these burgers. Old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Chris is on the line with us from Green Bay. Morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. Uh, thank you very much for taking my call. I want to preface my uh, comment with uh, I have no factual information to back this up. Just my hunch, but... Uh, um, I think it's a lot to do with cost-cutting measures in, in, in terms of companies, larger companies. Uh, I've, I've noticed this, uh, well, the last job I had at, at Waste Management before I started taking care of my father full-time, um, I never talked face-to-face with an HR person. I think a lot of these companies are, are centralizing their HR departments, doing a lot yeah. of the stuff online, or and and... Something's getting lost in in the shuffle there. Um, wires are getting crossed. People, you know, and and even as they are centralizing it, I think they're downsizing it. So I think a lot of these HR people are way overworked too, and just with so many different locations to take care of. But um, yeah, it, and as far as the helicopter parent thing, I think it has to do with a certain age. If you're a certain age, it's okay. After say sixteen. Yeah, you need to do it on your own. Yeah, I, I think. Thanks, Chris. I can't be twenty four. I can't be bringing your twenty four year old yeah. in. This is Timmy. He'd like to work here. <laughs> tell, tell him your name, Tim. Right. right, and I'll make sure he's here on time. Uh, good point. But yeah, and he's talking about it at the higher corporate level. So I have kind of experience in both. I'm one with the twins on smaller businesses. With my older, she was part of a big corporate structure that she wanted to apply for. We definitely did see a little bit of that, where you're like, your application is going to some central thing. And it's maybe disconnected from the local it's, operation. Got, and we have a couple of texts talking about just the working from home environment now, too, for some of those entities. So you're talking about people that aren't all in one spot 
trying to determine hiring for a lot of different franchises even perhaps. I could see how that could get lost a little bit. And one more text here. Experiencing not the same issues you guys are. All of my kids are working, including my 13-year-old son. There you go. Oh. Are uh, they serving alcohol? <laughs> right. Let, let me know where they're at. I got a couple more. <laughs> 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty-one. One more text on this before we get to Eric in the news. Send them my way. We're quite the opposite. People apply for jobs. We set interviews. They never show up. Or we hire someone, and they don't show up on the first day of work. For sure, for you small business owners in particular, but large places as well, that's a thing. It's been a thing. The ghosting in the opposite direction of what? And that even started pre-pandemic. Yeah, for sure. Having some of that ghosting. And that's I lousy. Never quite understood that. Oh, right. If you, you at least show up for the interview. And if you get hired, can you show up for work right. or kids quitting via text? Oh. Not even just kids. Like, I've had that in my professional work as well. Stories at places I've been like, yeah, this, all of a sudden we're, we're trying to send out the HR stuff. Hey, you got to fill this stuff out. And they just never, never respond. So it's a way to avoid confrontation. Yeah. They don't want to just say, you know what, I'm going to not take the job. They don't want to have that difficult conversation. Those, <laughs> some of those are hard to have, especially when you're a young person, but you got to learn at some point. Eight thirty-seven on Wisconsin's morning news. The Joint Committee on Finance, or the Joint Finance Committee, however you prefer to say it, is in session in the Wisconsin State Legislature. We were telling you over the last several weeks about the the road trip, the Wisconsin tour that the committee would take around all corners of our state to hear the testimony of the people, hours and hours each day. Sometimes repeat testimony. <laughs> yes, a couple of people made multiple trips to have their two minutes at the microphone. Well, they're actually getting down to work now is the committee because what they have to do is craft the two-year, a biennial budget, and basically they're blowing up the governor's budget, which we knew they were going to mm -hmm. do, and virtually starting from scratch. You keep hearing, well, they took out 500-some things from the budget. Well, whatever. They basically said they were going to start over, and that's what they're doing. How's it going so far, Eric? Oh, it's going great. Great. You want to hear some of it? Yes, them? please. Okay. When the solutions, apparently, from the Dems are... More government, more spending, more welfare, smoke more weed. Yeah, our approaches are going to be different. Oh, yes. <laughs> Zing, pow. You just got roasted and toasted and burned like a marshmallow. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Demzo also fired up. So what's your plan? You agree that we need to grow. You disagree that these are the ways... And then it's, trust us, we will slowly dribble out pieces of the budget week after week. So that's <laughs> where we are now. <laughs> that is basically so what it's going GFC pretty is. well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, what's your plan? What's your plan? <laughs> we were in the newsroom, Eric and I were yesterday when this was coming over, and I was hearing some of these good, good zingers, which is always what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they'll figure it out, and they'll have something, and, you know, Right now, we have shared governance. We have split governance in the state. You got the Republicans in control of the legislature, and they're going to. You have the Democratic governor in the state house who kicks the budget to the legislature. On the in the other party, they say, "Nope, no, thank you. We're going to start over." But they got to kick it back up to the governor now, who has one of the most powerful veto pens in the country. So last time, I mean, it, the pendulum did swing a little bit back. Yeah, there's some movement. Yeah. So you would anticipate maybe a little of the same. Now? I mean, but, they have a lot to get to. 
Eric and I were in the newsroom when this was sort of coming on, and you, we have a lot of different sources of audio coming through from time to time, and we're rolling, uh, recording on it and what, yeah, and I yeah. overheard a couple of these zingers. I'm like, what am I, what am I listening to? And it's like, uh, Joint Finance Committee. I'm like, yeah, of course I am. Yes. If you ran like your mouth, you'd be in good shape. No, that wasn't. Boom. Really <laughs> was that also testimony? <laughs> yeah, testimony from yesterday. In terms of what actually came out of there, a lot to be made about the state shared revenue plan and the restrictions that will be placed, particularly on Milwaukee County, city of Milwaukee, if they want all the things that have been promised to them. I, what is it overall about a 10% increase in state shared revenue to the entire state? $227 million in total. More. Yeah, what, yes, more. You're right. I'm sorry. More. And one more time for folks, because I know not everybody listens to every moment of the show we were explaining. You hear the term state shared revenue, state shared revenue. What it means is the state kicks back to cities, towns, villages, and counties across the state a certain amount of money that flows to the state. So the state has its pool of cash right there. And that right now they're Donald Duck swimming around and mm-hmm. swimming mm-hmm. around in the gold pile <laughs> of the seven billion dollar budget <laughs> surplus. Doing dives in there, kicking it up in the air. Mattress full back. of cash, yep, swimming yep. in it. So they kick a certain amount of that back on an annual basis to municipalities. So that's what state shared revenue is. What many municipalities across the state have been complaining about, most loudly Milwaukee, is we're sending out we're sending in a lot more than we're getting back. You haven't changed the formula, you haven't changed the numbers in decades, and we're we got problems here. But we should point out though, it's not just Milwaukee. Correct. I mean, the mayor of Watertown, she spoke at the original news conference last week in Madison. About it, and she talked about how at one point they were trying to determine, okay, do we turn the the street lights off every other one or every other day and save sure. money that way? Like we're okay, we can't even keep our street lights on. So the cool thing about what's happening here is there seems to now be some agreement between state lawmakers and municipal leadership that, yes, we have to do something on that. So there's movement on it, which is positive. I was actually surprised at how small the number is, and we're in a in a place where the proposed budget from the governor is $100 billion yeah. over two years. $100 billion. And they're talking about increasing state-shared revenue by, what, a quarter billion? A quarter of a million. $227 million. Yeah, quarter, yeah, which is a quarter billion. Yes, I'm sorry. You're Work right. with you're me right. on sorry. this. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm real bad at math, so when you push, I'm like, oh, sorry. wow. Sorry, no, you're right, you're right. That is, is something extraordinarily Ooh. stupid. Sorry. Um, right, so 250-some million. <laughs> I think that's a small number, especially since we're not just talking about Milwaukee. We're talking about kicking this back to communities all across the state of Wisconsin, all 72 counties. You know, couldn't that number be a billion? And then you just have six billion more to figure out what <laughs> right? to do with, right? So I think it's a low number, but it's a move in the right direction. Now, in Milwaukee, there'll be all sorts of restrictions. You can't spend it on this. You can't spend it on that. This happens to your police department. This happens to your firefighter staffing. And a lot of local officials are bent out of shape over that. And I understand why, because the whole point of local control is you keep the controlling and the decisions closest to the people whom that affects. I'm generally in support of that. What I'm curious about, though, with that whole situation is, okay, so who signed off on that? I mean, we know that the mayor and the county executive has had been spending a lot of time with lawmakers, spending a lot of time in Madison trying to crank all this out. So is the mayor good with the hop just being what it is now and slowly, slowly becoming nothing? One of the provisions would be that the city of Milwaukee can't spend additional tax dollars on expanding the hop. 
and they can't create one of these TIFFs or TIDs, depending on what you want to call it, where they generate money based on new development, things like that. Like, basically, it prevents Milwaukee from expanding the hop. Yeah. Unless they have some outside investor who wants to come in and, you know, help them with that is cost. That, is that even... I mean, you're talking tens of millions of dollars per extension. So, no. And what it what it does is prevents the, the expansion of that, and they're bent out of shape over that. And I don't want to get into a conversation about the hop and its you know, ability to even be sustainable. But nonetheless, they're they're upset because they're saying, what? Local control is important. I get that. The argument that you're going to hear from legislators is if you want to get this passed, like you got to give back. And what we don't want is to send you a boatload of new cash and then find out you're expanding the train, but you're not paying your pension costs and you're firing firefighters. Can't have it. And I get that. You know, you have somebody that comes to you for a loan. I say to you, Eric, we're really on hard times. I I would never ask, but... I've got a kid going to college and whatever, and we're having trouble making the mortgage this So month. I give you money and I see you at the Brewers game? <laughs> yeah, the whole family. Or, hey, listen, uh, we're going to Disney. Well, that's nice. I'm not saying you shouldn't go to Disney, but didn't I just loan you $10,000 yeah, because yeah. you were on hard times? So, I mean, that's the, the argument that's playing out there. I'm generally for local control, but state lawmakers are going to want to see that there's going to be responsible spending here. And they're concerned about expansion of the the transit their expansion of the hop and the various other things they're concerned about hearing the doomsday scenarios of closing yet even more firehouses of laying off police officers especially with violent crime and reckless driving and all the things that we keep talking about so i understand why that's in there i wonder is there any negotiating left to be done or is this sure a take it or leave a deal sure doesn't sound like you it. don't get the impression of that do you i don't like we already had our meetings this is what we came up with a take it or leave it right yeah yes well, either way, I'm looking forward to more zingers. Are they back in session today? Let's <laughs> talk a little bit more. Oh, the, you guys want to sit Lawmakers are always doing something. If you want to make big government and smoke your weed, I guess, yeah, we have different priorities. 845 on Wisconsin's Morning News. things I want to get to here real quick before we're out of time. First, a quick aside. Just We have all the monitors here in the studio. And out of the corner of my eye, I'm checking out today's show. Did Is it me or did they do Savannah's eyebrows like angry? Did they Uncle Leo her? <laughs> she looks oh, wow. like she's got angry eyebrows today. Yeah. Like, like a little bit of a not deliberate frown. <laughs> you think it wasn't deliberate? <laughs> right. Oh, I thought. Well, I mean, somebody did it. Yeah, she does. She yeah. Okay, a little it's not bit, me, right? A little bit. Remember when Uncle Leo? What what happened to Uncle Leo's eyebrows? But Elaine drew them on, took him to they the doctor, had to, and he looked angry. <laughs> he looked angry. Yeah. Now you're just being hostile. <laughs> what? I'm not. What? <laughs> Uncle Leo? No. All right. I said I want to get to a couple of things. We have Alice Cooper in town tonight, just like in Wayne's World. So, do you come to Milwaukee often? Well, I'm a regular visitor here. But Milwaukee has certainly had its share of visitors. The French missionaries and explorers were coming here as early as the late 1600s to trade with the Native Americans. In fact, isn't Milwaukee an Indian name? Yes, Pete, it is. Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake, which is Algonquin for the good land. So good. I bet no, most people know a few Alice songs. You might not even know it's an Alice Cooper song. You're like, but you oh, recognize no, I, it, yeah. Right. Yep. You say, that's Alice Cooper. Oh, all right, I do know an Alice song. Um, 
but that it's all about that bit from Wayne's World in Milwaukee. Alice Cooper playing the Miller High Life Theater tonight. Wisconsin's Morning News' Sandy Max has met Alice Cooper, interviewed him before. He is, you know, so proud to be representing Milwaukee in that film and still does. He's this terrific ambassador. I was wondering, like, is that like Bob Uecker here must be in the front row? Like, does it bother him or is he like, no, cool? He thinks it's cool. He told me that other people have said, kind of back off. But I told him, no, those people are probably from Minneapolis and just jealous. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so I told him, we no, go it. with full force on Miliwake. We love you. We welcome you back. I heard from a couple of Alice Cooper fans who've been to multiple shows. They said he doesn't really engage with the audience when he's on stage. He introduces the band, and that's that. That's so disappointing. I know, right? Don't you, when you want to go to a show? Like, I want to see you. Yeah. Especially Connect with me. Yeah, especially when there is a kinship. Yes. You know, we believe that he's one of us. Yes. So that part disappointing seems kind of off-brand because everything yeah. I hear about from folks who have met him is that he's amazing and super cool. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of like the character in Wayne's World. That's dude. I don't know if he knows that historical knowledge about a lot of things, but nonetheless. Alice Cooper, 8 p.m. show tonight at the Miller High Life Theater. PaxTheaterGroup.org if you still want tickets. You know Actually, what's... it's pronounced Miliwake. I'm sorry, Eric. It's no. just... Actually, it's pronounced Miliwake. <laughs> Thank you for that. Hey, by the way, guess what's happening on Saturday? We're just a couple of days away now. Possible coronation. Well, it's certain to happen now, but we are going to have a coronation yes. of the king. So how many people actually care? If you don't care about King Charles's coronation this weekend, don't worry, you are not alone. Most of the Brits don't either. <laughs> really? A new survey found that nearly 80% of Brits between the ages of 18 and 24 are not interested saying that the king is out of touch. Well, yeah. First of all, he's a king and you're not. And secondly, he's old. Well, what does that have to do with anything? You don't have to be out of touch if you're older than 24. Ask around here in America. <laughs> A little that going around over here, too. So anyway, Coronation is Saturday morning. $125 million celebration. All right, your majesty. <laughs> We've created this character. It, it happened just because we were talking about the Coronation. and We sort of imagined this guy, just some bootlicker who's on the staff there. Yeah, coming keeps, up with ideas, spitballing keeps ideas. popping off coronation ideas yes. for the party. Some are good, right. some are bad. And that, like, he's in there on the final stages and just keeps talking, like, right? kind of out of line. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, your, your Majesty, if I if I may just interject, and has all these ridiculous mm-hmm. suggestions. Something with the coronation chair. You mentioned the coronation chair. That's really what it's called. Yeah. What's the difference between that and the throne? <laughs> well, I mean, it's where so he, there's just the he's throne. crowned. On the coronation chair. Is that the cr- so- coronation chair also has like this compartment where they slide the stone of Schoon in there. It's like, a, a, it's, it literally is a stone. It actually belongs to Scotland, but they're using it for this thing. And all the kings and all the monarchs that have been crowned have been crowned sitting on this uh-huh. stone. No, we, uh, why don't we stone? have your majesty sit on a stone? <laughs> there you go. We might have to borrow it. Where is it these days? I, I believe it's in Scotland, sir. I still think they got that coronation chair from like the local Theta Chi house. <laughs> Some fraternity <laughs> house. an entirely different chair, which also did need to be reupholstered <laughs> yeah. many times. <laughs> well, if you have your majesty sit right here on this stone. It's sticky. Call the Scots. Oh, Debbie. <laughs> Call the Scots and have them send over the stone. Has to be here by Saturday.
And now, another inside look at the planning committee for the King's coronation. Follow me on this. What if, would it be entirely out of order for me to suggest that perhaps the theme could be Broadway? Like, like in New York City, right? And then we have Broadway shows. And then what are some of the shows that we could have? We could have a, a Hamilton theme, perhaps? Well, probably not very appropriate for this, yeah? <laughs> this has been another look inside the planning committee of the King's Coronation. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WJ, a good karma brand station. I don't want to steal any time for you. We're at 9 o'clock already, Steve, so you want me to just end it? One quick comment. Okay, good. So, uh, how many... so we're now into your show. We'll yes, stay as long as you like. That's all right. It's less for me to talk about, So, <laughs> although I am talking here. So how much, many meetings and prep time for your May the 4th spectacular show tomorrow? <laughs> Lots, <laughs> Lots of conversations already. fittings and all that stuff. Is already that all going to happen? Way. Yeah. We got high-level meetings. We got bosses coming in. You can't wear this. You can't wear this. There's copyright issues. How much of that's going to go? We cannot speak on any of this. All yet. right. Well, we'll find out tomorrow, won't we? I promise the force will be with you. Nine o'clock. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ. You know, this is not my actual dream job. If I could be a host on WTMJ's Wisconsin's Morning News, I think that would really be the pinnacle of my career. To Les, to right, center, and deep. R-O-W-D-I-E. That's the way we spell rowdy, rowdy. Let's go rowdy. See, it's calls like that I just wouldn't be able to come up with on my own.